0: Hey, what's up? This is Jason from Death Therapy, and you're listening to the Campfire Conversationalist Podcast. Yeah.
1: On this episode of the Campfire Conversationalist Podcast, I co-host with Mitch from Australia. John is going to be on hiatus for the time being. He's switching from one studio to another, and therefore we can't co-host together because he's in between studios at the moment. So until then... It's going to be myself, and Mitch is going to be one of my co-hosts, and I have a couple of others lined up as well. Thanks for listening to the Campfire Conversationalist podcast.
0: Yep, got you, mate. Have you can hear me?
1: I can hear you. Awesome. Cool. Okay. Um, uh, I had I had my my uh, USB microphone plugged into my iPhone, and it was working earlier, and then it, for some reason, when called, it
0: Yeah. Right. Cool. So not a problem. So what's going on? Yeah, well, just just on the way to work, mate usually when I've got heaps of time Uh, to do anything. So, there might be a bit of background noise, but um, I can hear you, so if you can hear me, you'll keep going.
1: That's good. Do you you live really far from where you work? Yeah,
0: kind of just over two hours from where I live to where I work, because yeah, I work in Sydney, and I live nowhere near Sydney, because Sydney's just so expensive, and kind of, it's where I grew up, and where kids go to school, and kind of build a house and that sort of thing, so. Comfortable just driving every day. I've been doing it for about almost 10 years. So just used to the travel. Oh, wow. Yeah, just give me heaps of time to, yeah. want to research everything, you know. That's, that's a four
1: hour round trip drive
0: every day. Well, yeah, that's, that's minimum. Yeah, sometimes if I'm kind of north of Sydney, it takes a bit longer and kind of long weekends going into the weekend, usually Fridays. Today's Friday, so I'm expecting a longer than usual trip home. But uh, yeah, oh, just give me plenty of time to kind of listen to YouTube videos, catch up on everything related to any, anything truth and it's kind of where everything stems from. Like I just get heaps of, heaps of time to research and listen to stuff.
1: That's cool though. Um, so, wow, so the, so the amount of money you spend in fuel um, still is cheaper than what you would spend a live closer?
0: Yeah, for sure. Like I've, I've I've got a car that's on LPG gas, like a liquid propane or whatever it's called. Like the um, like it's it's heat. It's like probably half the price of actual unleaded petrol, like yeah, we call it. You call petrol gas in America, don't you? Correct. Right. Yeah. So like I'm on actual natural gas from, from my from my vehicle, and I usually get about um, two days worth out of it. So, on a two round trips. So that, that amounts to about $50. So I usually spend about $100, $100 on on fuel a week, which is, um, yeah, heaps heaps less than what I would be paying in a, in a mortgage for a house. It's probably two or three times more the value of what I'm living in at the moment. Sydney's just absolutely ridiculous. It's one of the highest um, prices to pay for a house compared to kind of your, your average wage in the world, man. Like it's absolutely out of control.
1: Oh, that's nuts, that, that it, uh, it's that h- high, so, yeah, that sounds like kind of how like how San Francisco is. I've never actually been to San Francisco, but I've been, like, I've been all over California, so that's probably the only big city I've never been to in California, but, yeah, the, it, the cost of living, well, anywhere in California is going to be outrageous, but, like, San Francisco is just, like, an average house, like, that a normal
0: person
1: would live in is like two million
0: dollars. Yeah. So and I don't I don't get that. So it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know it's, it's So like where I live, a normal house is like maybe a hundred thousand
0: dollars. Wow. Yeah, it's a massive difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably even worse than what I've gone to, like at the average house around where I am. I mean I guess in like Sydney Maybe the same size house would be yeah, around about maybe one and a half million. So it's, it's probably a little bit better than than that situation. But yeah, just like the inflation in Australia is just, just nuts. Like you go to the shop and like our dollar just doesn't go as far anywhere near as far as like anyone else's dollar. Like you go to New Zealand and you kind of pay the, the same equivalent prices. and um, But you just get so much more at the supermarket. It's just just everything so overinflated.
1: So a, you're saying specifically in all over Australia
0: it's like that or just mostly in like near Sydney? No, all over. Well, the house prices in Sydney is the worst, but all yeah. over Australia, actual, actual inflation for what you get at the supermarket, like everything's pretty much the same. It's, it's uh, yeah, we, we spend usually, like we got um, five people, in, like myself, my wife and three kids, like we spend over $300, like that's Australian dollars of, of groceries a week and that's kind of just getting kind of the essentials like we're not going nuts or anything like we kind of um, like we, we could spend more than that if if we kind of were, were getting um, things that were kind of luxuries and that sort of thing but like yeah that's the kind of price that we're, we're paying just for a normal week's food
1: right yeah I get I get that for sure uh, I don't know I don't know how much spend. I try to it's not that much but I try to you know get stuff is cheaper than man, so, uh, we just buy stuff as we need it, we try to stock up on our candles and stuff, but, um, it kind of just depends, it depends on the month, I guess. Yeah, for uh, sure. I don't know, but, um, so, I'm guessing, since Sydney is really expensive, uh, the jobs generally pay
0: more there, or no? Is it about the same? No, it's it's not that the jobs pay more, it's more that the there's more jobs, I think. Like everyone just wants to live in Sydney, so there's more demand for housing and the housing prices go up and that's where pretty much oh. all, the, all the jobs are. Like where I'm living is kind of more of a holiday destination, like it's a, a beautiful place, but um, like the people that live there kind of, they only work locally because they kind of know People in a certain industry, sort of thing. There's not really many jobs around. That's why I had to kind of yeah, travel out and, and go to go to Sydney because yeah, there's just no no jobs around for where I am.
1: Wow. Yeah. So when I used to Uber, I used to Uber in Madison, Wisconsin, which is like two and a half hours from where I live. And uh, at first, I would I would do like what you did. I would come home like every evening or whatever. And then i was like well this is just a waste of money Mm. and i don't care if i sleep in my car i just i don't it doesn't bother me so i i would like just sleep i would find a somewhat secure place to like sleep in my car and then i would i would literally just stay in madison for like three to seven days at a time and then just make as much money as i can and go home for a couple days and take like you know day you know few days off <clears throat> because i mean obviously if you're an uber driver you kind of make your own hours so it kind of worked out nicely um but it, it got to the point where with uber in madison there started to be like too many drivers and and then not enough rides so i had to stop doing that because two-and-a-half-hour drive each way, and, you know, it's just like, eh, this isn't really worth it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, for Um, sure, you you wanna go where the demand is, and, yeah, if the demand's not that strong.
1: Right. So I eventually just decided to stop doing that, but, um, yeah, it was fun. I have a lot of interesting stories. I, I probably could write a book with all the crazy stories I have, from, uh, from Uber, but I'll
0: save those for another time. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, you well, totally should, man. That'd be that'd be so interesting. Yeah, just the people you meet and, and the, the kind of stories they've got, and you just like just lend your ear to people, and they just they just people just like talking to strangers in a in a in a taxi or a Uber, don't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. There, there was some, there was some pretty crazy stuff. Like the most money I ever made in one day was when, um, so in Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin, or I'm sorry, Madison, the University of Wisconsin is there, and they the football team is the Badgers, and and they were playing Ohio State, which I guess is kind of a rival, and um, the the Uber rides were like three or four times like the normal rate from the demand. And I, I ended up making like $850 that day. Wow. <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. But by far that was the most I ever made in like one day. That like wasn't a typical football game type Like I think the next closest I ever made was like maybe $300 in one day. So
0: uh that was uh. like you know,
1: almost triple what a normal
0: like, game would be on day. Yeah, Faria, that's awesome. You'd be so happy that day.
1: Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like flying high as a kite. Like, I can't believe this is happening. And now I'm delivering food around my town because honestly, it's paying pretty decently. Like what I was doing before this was uh, like water mitigation where like if somebody has a pipe spray or you know a lot of rain and their basement floods or whatever, then like my company would like go and get, extract the water, then dry out the structure. And like literally I'm making like almost the exact same amount of money do that. Like we were walking through like sometimes sewage water and you're like carrying heavy wet carpet out of people's basements and garbage bags, dripping wet water all over you. And uh, now I can just kind of make my own schedule, sort of, I mean, I, I have a schedule, but I can put my availability and I pretty much get what I want. And um, um, I work the days I want, I get the days off that I want, which is, I usually only take one day off. So yeah, it's, it's uh, way better.
0: Yeah, that's he's better set up like yeah, when like obviously everyone needs a slave job, but yeah, if you can kinda make your own hours and, and do it your way, like that's just so much better than kind of just being stuck in the system in the same old job where you, you hate doing what you're doing but you're too scared to kinda go outside and find something new and kind of take that risk where you, you think maybe yeah I might might not get paid much or right. like yeah, do a lot more work or that sort of thing. So that's awesome you've got that set up, mate.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's how I try to, to roll is to, to, I hate like the fact that humans have to work for, you know, you know, 80 hours every two weeks or, you know, 40 hours every, every week to, you know, just barely make meat and meat and, you know, it definitely is a slave system. You know, you can't even hardly spend any time with your family and when you do it, you're just exhausted. It just, it's just a terrible setup. But it's like, at the end of the day, you know, it's my responsibility to make sure those things are taken care of. So I can, you know, my, my family doesn't have to need for anything. So it's, it's kind of just like a do what you have to do kind of a thing. Uh, so I, I I do I do that because I it's my responsibility. But I even, and, and I like what I do, but I hate that I have to do that. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense why... We, why we have to work so many hours for so little money in, in the end and you know little so little time to spend with the family it's just silly but you know i don't really know how to change it so
0: i guess that's bad yeah i know when you kind of when you're kind of faced with this system that we we do live in and we need to kind of have money to to get the things that we do need and and support our own families like yeah there's not too many options and but that that's like everything though like that's probably more like having having a job is probably a necessity like unless you can create things for yourself and and sell them yourself have your own sort of business but um, other systems like the medical system where they they kind of force you down the same same line where you've got no other choice like they kind of do everything they can to um, put crap on anything alternative like cbd oils or kind of remedial massages and chiropractic um that sort of thing like the the mainstream medical industry kind of saying that you have no choices of what you have to do if you don't like if it's anything to do with children like in australia um like if if we don't kind of use the mainstream government medical system they say that we are neglecting our children um and, and things like that so they kind of, you, you see it in every sort of aspect of life but there, there are other options
1: yeah that's nuts where you can't even you know you can't even basically raise or take care of your children the way you see fit as a parent and otherwise it's neglect. That, to me, that's completely insane.
0: Yeah, that's that's one of the things that kind of gets me the most upset because, yeah, at, my, at the moment my, my wife is pregnant. And we're looking to do, like, a home birth because, yeah, just what we've seen through the, um, the medical system in Australia is, is just nuts at the moment. Um, at the moment, you, you can um, get, like, a private midwife come to your house, and or you could go to a, a private hospital, but, yeah, obviously, you, you pay that off your own back. Like, it's, it's not as bad as America. I know that you guys have to pay a lot for, um, like, any medical expenses, am I right? Yeah. Well, it was constant.
1: It's kind of a little different. We have something here called Badger Care, and basically, no, it doesn't really matter what your situation is. Um, you can pretty much get uh, financial help from the state of Wisconsin um, to for childbirth That's it, and for the child once they're born. Now, the the mom would be covered, obviously. And uh, after after the baby's born, the baby's covered for I don't know quite a long time if, if the parents need that. So there there is that. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's it's I mean tens of thousands of dollars to go have a baby. I think if you're going to pay out of pocket or even even if you have um, insurance, I don't. I mean I really don't know what the situation is with with insurance uh, health insurance in America right now because it seems like it's just changed over the last, you know, five years or whatever, so, so much that I, and, and you hear different stories from different people, so I don't really know exactly, like, what you would pay for a child's um, for insurance, but I do know in the state of Wisconsin, Badger Care is, is there to help people who are, you know, less fortunate situation.
0: Yeah, so, like kind of relating that, yeah, to to Australia, like we have like I'm sure like yeah, different states in, in um, America have different kind of um, covers and policies and that sort of thing. But here in Australia, we like if there is an emergency, like you kind of break a bone or you have a car accident, like there, um, we're kind of like it's it's an Australia wide thing. We're covered by uh, Medicare as long as we go through a government hospital. So in in that sort of respects, like I'm, I'm thankful for things that is out of our control sort of thing. Like I, I wouldn't have the skills to mend a broken bone or or kind of save someone in a car accident, that sort of thing. But um, in saying that too, um, like anything else that's uh, sort of fringe, like that's not a medical emergency, like a, like a pregnancy and like a birth here in Australia at the moment, like they're yeah, just impacting us. Like just looking at, um, looking at home births, like we have access to a private midwife at the moment, but they're actually, Going to be outlawing that in Australia by I think July 2020. So wow. what, that, what that kind of means is, after that time, there will be no baby born legally in Australia outside of the government medical system, like at a government hospital. Because what they're doing is like there'll still be private um, practices and private hospitals, but there won't be any private midwives because they're actually outlawing that. So if you, if you choose wow. to have a, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty nuts and it's pretty infuriating because, <clears throat> so if, if, if you choose to have a home birth in Australia at the moment, you, you kind of have to have a midwife, but we're kind of going away from that and exploring other options. But literally, if you don't have a midwife and you don't have ultrasound scans, uh, you don't go and see kind of any obstetricians, that sort of thing, your kind of class is neglecting your, your child. And so that's what we're kind of faced with at the moment, um, just juggling whether we're going to go to like a, a private hospital or kind of yeah, take the gamble of having a home birth because there's literally um, communities of, of women with children who have opted out of the system because it's just not needed. Like it's not a medical emergency having a birth that are literally on the run kind of hiding from the, the system, like social services because they want to literally take your baby away because you've neglected um, your baby, but they've, they've, they've had like the birth isn't a, a, a medical emergency. You know, like it's it's a natural thing. Like we trust our bodies to breathe, we trust our bodies to pump blood around our bodies. Like, but when it comes to um, growing a baby and then having birth, that's that's not class as a, a natural thing that anyone can kind of do on their own. If you if you know what I mean.
1: Well, I can prove that logic a fallacy. Um, what happens on an airplane? when you're flying overseas and a lady goes into labor. I mean, we know they, they land the plane, so we know that that's a fallacy, which I think is just hilarious. Yeah, uh, it's sad. It, yeah, things are in a sad state. And, it's like, I don't really know what the answers are. I don't know how to fix problems like that. But, uh, yeah, we. I don't know i don't feel like we could do a a home birth at our house but i like the idea of it it's just the way our house is set up it would be terrible yeah congratulations on the way i'm being pregnant that's awesome um (laughs) so do you guys know if it's a boy or a girl you're waiting to find out
0: well yeah we opted out of ultrasounds because yeah after researching that we've seen that like for the first three kids we got ultrasounds because we didn't really research too much but um, since we found out, like, kind of every ultrasound stunts the growth for the baby and kind of can lead to other problems and that sort of thing. So we haven't had any ultrasounds, but we have had a it's called a Harmony blood test. I think it used to be only available in America. We had to send it over, but now it's available here in Australia. So, um, that, and that kind of um, test for the, the gender of the baby and um, and whether Down syndrome and that sort of thing. So that is an option that. That we have, so we don't have to actually have ultrasounds, and the medical system seems to be okay with that at the moment. Um, So yeah, we we we, we're we're, well, that's and that's a lot um, more accurate than like an an operator of ultrasound machine kind of picking up what they interpret and then sending it away to the midwife or the GP or something, and they interpret what the sex of the baby is. So it's blood test is actually a lot more accurate because kind of the way that um chromosomes work is the woman only has like the, the xx chromosome so if there's an xy kind of um it kind of like yeah, it tells whoever's like looking at the information that you've got a boy in your like kind of growing because you've got the xy you've got that y chromosome flying around whereas like yeah, if it's, if there's an absence of the y it's kind of points to a, a female so that's kind of what we've opted for, and yeah, we do know the sex at the moment, but yeah, I'm not willing to announce it until it does come out to see if it actually is, is true.
1: That's cool. Uh, it, you know, I, you're the first person I've ever heard say that um, ultrasounds could potentially be harmful to the uh, growth of the baby. I've never heard that before, and I mean, it makes sense. Uh, I mean, you're shooting like some kind of wave, you know, I don't know, I don't really know enough about <clears throat> ultrasounds to but i'm sure it's some kind of wave of of some kind that you're shooting to the the mother's you know stomach and then it's you know coming back um so yeah that that kind of makes sense i'll definitely look into that more that's interesting um yeah it's yeah the blood testing makes sense too that just makes the most sense
0: yeah but before like kind of this pregnancy like we were kind of just going with the medical system like yeah we're we'll getting our children mostly vaccinated until we saw that um, from my first child to this current child now has the vaccination schedule has um, changed dramatically like what used to be classed as um, like covered before for my first child he's, he's nine now um, there's it's probably double the actual vaccinations that that this current child like even from um, from being pregnant, like the, the pregnant lady is forced that I think it's 28 weeks to get a, a vaccination for their child while it's still in the womb and like we, we kind of saw that and we were thinking well what else are they kind of mm. trying to yeah what like not only vaccinations but yeah ultrasounds so we kind of looked in, into every aspect of um of birth and yeah we kind of looked into ultrasounds and and saw that like yeah, they're definitely something that's useful if like you have a medical emergency but once again they're trying to equate a birth to a medical emergency where they're forcing I think it's uh, by the time that the a normal pregnancy with without twins um, I think you get about five ultrasounds that they're trying to give you like through our medical system anyway and um, that's from eight weeks to, to prove that you're pregnant and then 20 weeks to I think maybe eight we- 18 weeks to, to kind of measure the baby um, maybe look for down syndrome but these sort of tests aren't always accurate. And they kind of, the way that we see it is um, interventions lead to more interventions. And that and that's the kind of the thing that I kind of want to tell people that any intervention leads to more interventions and, and taking away your rights. Because as soon as you're part of the system, as soon as you kind of have an ultrasound and they interpret something as um, like something that's not normal, whatever normal is like every, every, Birth is is different, but like if they if they pick up something where your baby's not growing um, in a in a time period that, that should be kind of scheduled, like your kind of class is high risk and then you have to get more ultrasounds and then they give you a, a due date that you have to have the baby by, otherwise they're gonna induce you and that's and that's another thing too. Like my, my wife has so many friends that have had babies recently and they've all been like most of them have been actually induced where they kind of give you through an IV drip, um, like a, a certain chemical, like it's not a natural chemical at all that induces your body into thinking that it is ready to give birth. But after, I think they only give you about 12 hours and if it hasn't come out by 12 hours, like they rush you in for emergency caesarean because they started a process that your body just doesn't want to do. Like the, the baby actually tells the mother when it's ready, when it's lungs are developed, when it's ready to come out. And and um, these, these doctors think they know better that they say, well, this baby needs to come out now and then the, the mother's body isn't ready and then they have emergency cesarean and all rights get kind of waived at that point because if you don't um, agree to the emergency cesarean, your, your baby literally gets taken off you by social services because you've, uh, you're kind of neglecting your baby. So that's that's just what we're seeing personally in Australia at the moment. Yeah, that's
1: weird. My wife and I had, uh, well... It- the situation we had was pretty extreme um our first son this was this would have been in uh 2008 I think, yeah. it was a long time ago <clears throat> um we went in for a normal checkup you know like it was an appointment and they put like this um i don't really know how to describe it they strapped this thing onto my wife's stomach it was like kind of like a read the heartbeat kind of a thing
0: yeah I don't even remember what it was called. I think that's the ECG the, yeah I think it's called I yeah I think it's usually the ECG where they check the heartbeat and that sort of thing yeah yeah sorry go yeah on.
1: and and they were like uh well the, the baby's fluids are a little low or something wasn't right I can't remember what and, the, and the, they're like well we need you to go to the hospital so so they they uh, they they Admitted my wife to the hospital, and then it it they you know started doing all these tests and whatnot, and uh, and then the my, the wife my wife's uh, fluid and the baby's fluid the amniotic fluid was low, so they wanted to like you know keep an eye on her, so she was in the hospital for like a total of like eight days, and then and then um, uh, on July. Um, nine they basically did an emergency c-section and i i like flew to the hospital i was going like i was actually already headed that direction when i got the call so it worked out kind of nicely uh i was going like 70 miles an hour down down the road it's like probably like a 45 mile an hour <laughs> speed limit and i'm going like 75 miles an hour flying so i'm like freaking out at first i was going the normal speeds and i'm like uh I got to get there <clears throat> yeah. so yeah. I get there and and, and when they uh, that when they pulled out my son he was like blue he was already blue um and then uh, of course you know we didn't really know what was going on um and then uh, basically they told us he had like renal failure which is like your kidneys aren't working I guess that's probably the quickest way to describe that yeah and at this point, Oh,
0: hold on, I got a cough. I don't have a few <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, know. I noticed sorry. this. No. Sorry about that. Nah, you're good.
1: I'm really congested today. I don't know what the deal is, but um, so then, so then we uh, were, like in I don't remember what city it was. I'm stuck my head. But uh, then they like transferred him down to Detroit, uh, downtown, and then um, he was there for man uh, like six days or five days or something like that. And then, uh, and then eventually, what ended up happening is they, there was nothing they could do for him. We tried getting a second opinion, and well, we did. We got a second opinion, and basically, he ended up dying. So it was, and it was, you know, who knows why it happened. I'm not even gonna speculate because there's there's no way I'm qualified to know what happened. But I mean, it was it was pretty tragic. And like I said, it was, it was that was almost. It'll be 11 years to July. And, uh, and then we, we have a two-year-old now, but for like eight and a half years, like we, we couldn't even get pregnant. And I don't know why, I don't know if it was just bad timing, you know, whatever. But yeah, it took us up until 2016 to have another child. So, and my daughter is like super healthy and like super smart. Like she can almost read, she's two and a half. She can tell you like every letter of the alphabet. She can count up to like 17 by herself, and she can. She's
0: just shy of being able to read. So it, it was, it was a huge blessing having her for sure. Yeah, yeah, for so, yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that, mate. Yeah, we've we've been through a couple of miscarriages ourselves, and we know they're kind of. It's it's something that that doesn't really get talked about, and I'm I'm thankful that you do, that you are willing to kind of open up and and talk about it because uh, it's something that. Like yeah, that, that was a, that's a life in your family. Then it, it, it does really matter and it impacts, um, like yeah, your your you and your wife. Like uh, on the outside, for other people, it, it kind of yeah, seems like maybe yeah you can you can just try again or whatever. But yeah, it is it is a big impact on on um your personal life. And yeah, I'm sorry to hear that happen mate. And but yeah, it's fantastic that you, that you yeah, currently have a, a healthy healthy child and yeah, she's going so well and and, um, yeah, kind of, like, yeah, you you, you, can't, you have to move on, but, yeah, you, ne- you never forget about the... Um, the it's, it's a life that, yeah, it's, it's been lost and, like, yeah, that's, that's part of your family. And, you know, like, it, it, yeah, there's not, there's not a lot of people that kind of openly talk about miscarriages and that sort of thing, but, yeah, it is a lot. I think it's, um, I think, one in one in four pregnancies in Australia, anyway, that it happens to, that people just, it kind of just happens and... Um, yeah, but did you did you get to? Sorry, if you don't want to talk about it, but did you get to take your um, your son home and, and kind of um, bury him and that sort of thing, or like do what you uh, wanted with him?
1: Yeah, that's kind of a uh, okay. So yeah, I don't mind talking about it, but
0: we that's fine. took home. But but
1: um, we actually uh, are the ones that like I don't know how to word it, but like. We we were the ones that told the doctor when we were ready to take them off fight for support. We actually had to fight for an extra day. They were like ready to do it like on the fifth day, and we're like, no no no, don't don't do it yet. We're not ready yet. We don't, we want to try and give it as much time as possible to see if you pull through or anything. And then like on uh, um, the sixth day, um, uh-huh. we you know you know when we came to terms of like you know we got we had gotten a second opinion and and I think we realized that you know. Either God was going to save his life or he wasn't, and there wasn't anything the doctors could do about it. It was clearly, you know, there. It was up in the. They weren't. I don't know. I don't. There yeah. just was up in the doctors. Area. Yeah, that's fine. If and you don't want to talk so about. like, yeah, and so like, uh, well, they they basically took them off of all the like tubes and stuff. I don't. I don't really even know what they're all. They had. They had like a tube going into his belly and everything. They basically pulled him off of all of that, and then brought him into a room with us, and like basically he he died in our arms. And then, um, at the time, we both worked at Walmart, and a coworker had um, I don't know how they knew about it, but there was there was a funeral home, like a few miles from where we had worked at, like maybe six seven miles from where we worked at, and um, they were like, yeah, they this funeral home like, helps people out that, you know, maybe can't afford a funeral or whatever. And basically, uh, we went and, you know, sat down with the funeral home, um, and they basically didn't charge us anything at all, except for the death certificate, which I think, I think that was just some kind of legal something or other that we had to pay for that. So, um, we had a a full funeral And then, at the funeral, we actually um, had him in a casket, but we didn't bury him. We had him cremated, because um, I think uh, deep down inside, my wife and I knew we probably wouldn't be staying in Michigan. That's where we lived at the time. And we didn't want to bury him in a cemetery that we knew would be hundreds, if not maybe thousands of miles for us, you know? So we cremated him, and we... um, We had a couple of different, um, like, uh, urns that we had purchased. And then, like, you know, all the grandparents and my sister and um, I think maybe my wife's uh, brother and their family, they might have an urn, I can't remember, it's been so many years. Um, So we all have, like, urns with a little bit of ashes in it. Um, And then, like, the urn I have is, like, goes inside of a little teddy bear um, like this, this, the back zipped up or whatever and then you stick the urn in there and so we have we have his ashes inside of like a little teddy bear and then my daughter knows we explained it to her we decided it doesn't make any sense to like not tell her about it and then when she's like 15 explain why we never told her about it you know what i mean that just, that seems way too hard yeah for sure so, yeah So, we decided, let's tell her now, and yeah, she doesn't understand, but it'll be easier for us to, as she gets older, kind of explain it as she has questions, and it's already out in the open, there's nothing to hide, there's nothing to try to explain why we covered it up for, you know, 15 or 20 years, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, So, she already knows she has a baby brother's eye, well, we call it baby brother, even though... I think he would be older than her. Yeah. But he was always a You know, he's always a baby in my memory. Yeah. So, you know, she knows that there's baby brothers on him. And, you know, once in a while she'll bring him up or whatever. And uh, she knows where, you know, where he stays, you know, his ashes. So, you gotta, we didn't get into any of that. But, um... Um, maybe we did, I don't remember, but we, you know, we just explained that we used to have a brother, and he passed away, and, you know, this is his remains, and, you know, he he's inside the teddy bear, so to speak, <laughs> so she knows that that's where science is, or whatever, and if and that might seem morbid for some people, but we just decided it didn't make any sense to try and hide it, uh, I don't, I don't like doing that, you know, I don't want to have to explain myself, and, of my daughter's 12 or 15 or 80 for why she had a brother that you know somebody slipped up and they brought up you know our dead son and now i have to explain it to my daughter when she's older that doesn't make sense so we just decided to go ahead and tell her before she can even barely comprehend it that way it's never an issue and uh, that's just always better to do
0: yeah i think that's a great approach because yeah this something that yeah he's part of your family and. Is part of her life as well, and it's that's great that she's actually going to grow up without, yeah, kind of like with with that knowledge that um, there there was another another child there, another kind of yeah, baby baby brother, and there's somewhere that she can go to kind of, even though she wasn't around for for when he was around, like yeah, she's got a connection to him because there is still a connection. and I think that's a that's a great approach because a lot of people kind of yeah, kind of that's a that's a really hard issue for them to even even bring up even around their, their children even around anyone else that yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just such a, a tough thing to bring up. And I think, um, yeah, we've, we've had a lot of people um, that have had miscarriages, stillbirths, um, things that have gone wrong. And, and yeah, it's tough for, for anyone to kind of bring it up. But when sort of it is brung up and you can kind of be comfortable about talking about it, it's, it's a lot of weight off, off, um, off your shoulders and your heart that you can um, come to terms with, yeah, kind of what's, what's happened and um, whether or not it makes sense why it happened um that's that's another issue but yeah kind of um yeah not not hiding things it's it's i think that's a that's a main issue in in anything kind of everyday life like if, if you're a person that's willing to kind of push things down not talk about it um not be deceitful but like kind of not not kind of tell the whole truth like that's that's kind of a, it's yeah kind of you're going about exactly the the, the right way that um, like a yeah, kind of a healthy approach to to that sort of thing. Like there's no there's no set approach. There's no good approach to um, kind of dealing with tragedy and, and that sort of thing. But I think yeah, that's a, that's a great way to kind of deal with it, mate. And that's a it's a big pat on the back for, for being able to talk about it and um, being being okay with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess. To us, it just didn't make sense to do it any other way. But I mean, I'm not—I can't tell anybody else how, how to do it. You know how they how they should do it. That's for them to to make up that kind of a decision. Um, but yeah, on on the on the uh, the topic of like uh, uh, miscarriages, yeah, my wife and I have a few friends. Like I have a couple of close friends um, who have had multiple miscarriages and it's it's crazy like I know my mom had one and I know like my aunt um, one of my aunts had uh, maybe a couple but me and I we have friends that have had like three four five six miscarriages and uh I, I you almost just have to ask yourself why are people miscarrying like it doesn't seem like a coincidence that you know you have friends and we you know people you know and that just have like five six miscarriages. It just seems like uh, some kind of weaponized thing, maybe. I mean, I can't I can't prove that, but I mean, I, like I said, my mom had one miscarriage and my aunt had maybe a couple. But you know, 40 years ago, were women having seven or eight miscarriages, that doesn't make sense
0: at all. No, it's it's very concerning, yeah. We, we literally know so many people after our miscarriages that have come out and said they've experienced the same thing and you look into things like um, possibly ultrasounds, I know that that does stunt their growth. Like, it's, it hasn't been admitted, but there's a lot of studies in, in China um, that have proven that uh, it does stunt babies' growth and development. Um, it's actually illegal in Germany now to have, like, routine ultrasounds like it's only for medical emergencies and then you go into kind of just the the food like the quality of your food like the the um the gmo kind of foods that we have that aren't anywhere near a natural sort of um grown food like they're just sprayed with some pesticides and roundup and that sort of thing and then you go into kind of the things that we're they're drinking, like, kind of fluoride in, a, in in water and that sort of thing. Not sure. How is, how is your state with fluoride? Like, is that kind of force-medicated through through the water?
1: Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure our city has... Well, it would be city by city yeah. in, yep. in, in America. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure the city I live in does have it. But um, I have a filter on my shower, and then we get filtered water from the grocery store. Uh, and I'm concerned considering getting a distiller soon. Um, they're kinda of a little pricey, like two hundred and fifty bucks. I mean that's that's not like that's not chump change for me to be like, here's two hundred and fifty dollars. but in the end I know it's like it's it's overall for your health. So um it's something I'm considering getting. Um but right now it's not a huge priority. It's just like when I can get that Done. I'll do it. But um, yeah, there's there's you have it's not like you have to look and see if your city fluoridates their water or not. Um, I know where I used to live or where we used to work um, in Michigan, um, Mount Clemens. I believe they stopped fluoridating their water because they I think they're having town meetings and in, in, in a lot of the 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 citizens in the city, the residents in the city, were like, you need to stop putting Florida in our water. Um, so they stopped in Mount Clemens, Michigan, but here in Wausau, they still do. And uh, I doubt they'll stop anytime soon. I've, I'd have to, I'd actually probably have to look into it a little bit more, but uh, it's, yeah, it's bad. A lot of cities would. I think it's over 60 something percent of, of cities Florida water here in America
0: yeah i think it's even higher than that in australia i think it's up to maybe 80 or 90 percent of cities here um i know in israel they've they've banned it all together so that's kind of a telling sign like those people in power over there know that it's uh, such a bad thing that they don't want their citizens kind of drinking and uh, i know it it was last year i think in melbourne probably the second largest major city in australia um, their uh, main kind of water treatment plant actually had to be shut down for a couple of weeks because they actually released too much fluoride into the water. I think it was like double the amount and that was um, a cause of concern. So I'm I'm like, yeah, you kind of think along those lines and just a normal person on the outside looking at that, thinking why is too much fluoride a a bad thing? Like what is a safe amount of fluoride? And for me, I'd I'd say it's zero because just the history of what fluoride is, where it comes from is an industrial waste from kind of... um, like aluminium smelters, just a byproduct of that and it's so expensive, like it's actually a a toxic waste that if they, those industries had to actually pay for the removal and like kind of um, recycle or whatever they do with it, I don't think you can recycle, you have to dump it pretty much like that. That would cost so much uh, money that they wouldn't actually be able to produce aluminium in these plants. So what they've got around it is like they've sold it to, um, like governments to cities to water agencies that kind of put it in their water and they actually make a profit of of this um, bio waste like a hazardous waste that otherwise would have cost them millions to get rid of. So they've they've kind of yeah twisted that there's there's a medical use for it where it actually hasn't been proven that it, it actually does anything for your teeth. Like that's the only reason that I've seen to actually put fluoride in your water, but um, actually too much fluoride. From, from that, from yeah, kind of that actually leads to fluorosis in your, in your teeth and bone. So that's actually a negative, and it, it, it doesn't like if you look at the um, statistics for kind of teeth decay um, over since they've introduced it to now, like there's not really, I don't think we can put it down to fluoride being used because there's so many other factors, just uh, general hygiene. Uh, practices and kind of just just knowledge like passed down through generations you know just brush your teeth you know keep um, you know the lollies and sugar just rot your teeth and just kind of um, just just knowledge and practices kind of negate that I don't, and I don't think we should be relying on fluoride to keep our teeth healthy when it's when it's yeah, totally not but that's my view on yeah, it anyway I
1: agree yeah we in fact uh, my wife makes her whole toothpaste, um, I i have some that i bought but that's because i was out of town like a long long time like almost three months and uh i still have some of that toothpaste left over but um it was fluoride free toothpaste that i actually found at walmart i was kind of surprised um we yeah, have my wife's been making toothpaste for like i don't know six years maybe or maybe longer um so yeah you can you can make really good toothpaste that's probably better than what you're gonna pay for you know at the store and um i don't know i i don't really need fluoride on my
0: teeth i don't think that's that, that's awesome that's really great to hear mate yeah we haven't actually got that far we're making our own toothpaste but yeah we, we buy the one without fluoride anyway but that's yeah that's the next step kind of making your own products to make sure that you're putting um all the ingredients in that you want in and, and leave all the ones that that you think are harmful out yeah, like that's a that's a great approach to it
1: yeah it's super easy um there's a few different recipes some of them have like coconut oil and most of them have uh, uh, what's it called? baking soda or uh maybe you guys felt bicarbonate of soda in australia is that what you call it there yeah, we, yeah
0: yeah we yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah we kind of yeah both both names but yeah those those two <laughs> things that you just mentioned are absolute kind of miracle worker ingredients like not just for for toothpaste but just for everything like coconut we use coconut oil like the so raw organic unrefined coconut oil we use that for sun cream instead of like the the kind of the cancer council sun cream that we get kind of push that's so that's so good we actually use that for sun cream and that like in just a moisturizer um it, it, yeah just just anything like kind of um, when we're sick we kind of eat the coconut oil and and it's actually an antibacterial so it's good for good for wounds it's good for when you've got the flu um, it's good for pretty much anything you can think of like there's nothing that you like there's no side effects from using coconut oil unless somehow you are allergic to that specific thing like coconut oil but um, and, and bicarb soda as well like we kind of sometimes put in our drinking water when we have indigestion or we feel like we're eaten something too acidy like it actually outlines your body um, baking soda bicarb soda so and, and that's actually an active Thing to help stop um, kind of tumors and cancers and that sort of thing because if you actually have an alkaline body um, it, it kind of starves tumors and cancers from any kind of food or growth and it kind of actually can, right. can reverse reverse effects of, of those sort of things so that those two things that you mentioned yeah just absolute um, like Dave. dave day oh sorry I didn't mean no no go uh,
1: on. I was going to say so for, so for like sunscreen um, you just put um, uh, wow I lost the whole train of thought, coconut oil like just straight
0: out of your skin? Yeah for sure like we've like there's there's brands that, that is kind of classed as like a tanning oil and when we thought like thought about that we were thinking oh this is a load of, load of crap like this is probably worse for you but when you look into the, the actual natural unrefined cold pressed organic um, coconut oil yeah you can just put it straight onto your skin it's like it acts as a moisturiser so it kind of like moisturised skin actually resists the sun a lot, a lot more than if you're just going out into the sun. Um, like we just kind of dry skin, you burn a lot easier. Um, but just compared to what the the sun creams that we have, like we have a, a thing called the Cancer Council, but just the nano nanoparticles in in those sun creams are just so bad for you. They stick around so long, especially in children. Like it just it yeah. just gets into into your kind of cells in. Like an, in, a, in a level like an atomic level that's so past our comprehension that just screws up everything and so yeah we kind of like i'm pretty light like i get burned pretty easily like being climate here in australia and i've, I've, I've found that they kind of putting coconut oil before and then if i did get sunburn after um it's just kind of the sun sunburn is is a lot less severe and kind of you, you don't have the the bad effects that um that i, I would have usually
1: yeah for sure i'm gonna i'm gonna try it um, because i mean i we've been using coconut oil for years for various things but i've never tried it as just a sunblock well i have used it like if i've gotten burned or something like that and we do use it for like our skin like, when our daughter if she's got like a rash or anything like a diaper rash or sometimes she'll look for some reason we'll put oil uh, we actually keep some right by where we change that bread and she knows it's coconut oil too. So she like coconut oil <laughs> so um yeah and, uh, i use coconut oil for a lot of things like i need mean, beard oil and um that's one of the things i use to make it is coconut oil sometimes i'll just put just coconut oil on my beef. um uh, what else Um, Like I said, toothpaste. Um, I put it on my... Sometimes... I like butter a lot, too. But um, instead of butter, sometimes I'll put uh, coconut oil on my vegetables. And it's a little sweeter than butter. Um, And then when I make rice, um, I'll put coconut oil in the water as it's boiling to kind of help it from sticking... So like the bottom of the pan and it gives a flavor too um uh, man coconut oil has really good beneficial uses like you're saying and some of that stuff i've never heard of like i just found out this past so that you can use it as like a sunblock but i mean um being it's winter time that doesn't help me out right now but here in about oh six weeks, when it's a hundred degrees here, um, <laughs> I'll definitely be out for sure. And actually, one of my friends, um, um, they uh, they, they died all day, and I'm gonna suggest that instead of sunblock and see how that works for them. Um, so that's good information.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't recommend it more, mate. Like it's it's good Did for I literally everything. No, I'm, I'm, can I am You I'm, hear me?
1: At
0: all? Oh no! I think can I lost you...
1: Mitch from Australia.
0: Can but you it's still... weird. It's still it's
1: still recording. Uh, Two can you still hear okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You haven't got
1: me at all. Let me see if I if I got him on. Let me see if I.
0: Um, I think I'll, I'll still I'll still hear what you were saying, but yeah, I don't think you were hearing me. So well, um, No, I, I couldn't hear you. Pretty much the last thing you like I heard everything that you said, like you were saying, yeah, you just found out about um, sun cream and you got to um, use it for the upcoming winter in a couple of, <laughs> sorry, the upcoming summer in a couple of weeks, so. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I just had, yeah, one more thing to add to that, that um, like coconut oil can also be used as the main ingredient other than cannabis to make cannabis oil and i've experienced that myself because my neighbor um he was recently diagnosed end of last year with stage 2 lymphatic cancer i think it was and so yeah so like yeah that was kind of a jump like i've always looked into cannabis oil and how good it is but i've never actually been around anything to do with it but um, like I started asking around just just to get information for him, and um, I found some some people like in the in the flat earth community who have um, had some good experiences with it. Um, I'm not sure if you know David David Weiss. He's um, kind of runs a YouTube channel Z-I-T-R-H, Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he has actually said he's used it for like a melanoma, like a skin cancer on his on his head. He said the doctor said he had to get cut out. And uh, so he used, he used the um, CBD oil and he said within a few days, like it literally just disappeared, like it just just went. Um, so that's yeah, one kind of experience. Of, and then another guy says he, he uses it regularly, just on a day-to-day basis. It's for everything because he's got arthritis and he says that it, it really helps with that. And then I started seeing these kind of stories of um, people with, yeah, with cancer using it and having a really great result and kind of pulling through yeah. so so yeah i got got the information together and like I, I went to my neighbor and said like if you're interested um this is what I can, we can try out and by that time he actually got diagnosed by a stage four which is it spread to more than just his, his lymph nodes and that was kind of at the start of this year and so like yeah that kind of just kick-started him into more of a health like he was a heavy smoker and um, he's been like a career painter, so all the, all the fumes and stuff in, in paint, like, yeah, that kind of just adds up to, to kind of things going wrong with your throat. But yeah, we kind um, of, it's, it's really easy to find the instructions for making it with my coconut oil on the internet. Like, it's a really easy process. You just need to get kind of just temperatures and, and processes right. But he's been using that now for maybe eight weeks and he, like, he already had a husky voice, like a really bad kind of voice from, from smoking since a young age. And, and as soon as he, but before even chemo, because he, he had to do chemo and that sort of thing, he, he opted for both things. Like, but since before chemo and since using the CBD oil, he's, his wife and, and him and his kids have said he's never talked better than what he was, how he was talking and, and feeling when he actually was using the CBD oil and so like, That's that, awesome. yeah, so we're just there. He's kind of just waiting, like he's he's finished his seven weeks of chemo. Um, it's yeah, severely burnt his neck and like I've recommended the, um, like just coconut oil for that because it's antibacterial and plus it kind of has it. Um, like yeah, good healing acid, like benefits just for those sort of burns. But like yeah, just using the CBD oil, I think yeah, he's, he's definitely seen really good results. Like the, the doctors have actually before the biopsy, like he's, he hasn't had a biopsy now, he has to wait a couple of weeks but um, but like the doctors have literally not even um, had any more kind of updated scans or anything but they, they've they already told him that um, it's like they're putting it down to the chemo, that it's, it's reacted well, like the tumour right. has, has shrunk or- and that sort of thing but like yeah, we, we both know that um, he was already having a good reaction from from the CBD, all way before the the chemo started, and like yeah, just That's good here. Yeah, no, it's uh, going from stage four to kind of yeah, still kicking. Like they didn't really know if he was going to pull through or not because of how late it was and how how um, kind of yeah, late they they got to it and that sort of thing. But yeah, they're going to like the doctors are going to put it down to chemo and themselves on the back but yeah we, we both know that it's definitely the CBD oil that's um and like a lifestyle change that's really helped him out and so I can see on a first first hand basis that yeah that, that sort of does work so I'd recommend it to anyone that has any sort of um yeah health problems that like anything at all so that that's kind of more in a pretty it's pretty fringe because yeah kind of in Australia um cannabis is illegal no matter where you are so that's kind of um it's, it's like it's a barrier to kind of getting your hands on some. But um, like, yeah, it's, it, if you actually, you know sorry.
1: Oh, I was going to say, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that it's really hard. Um, uh, I think they just made it federally uh, where it's like, okay, CBD oil has been legal in, in America for a while, but nobody really knew about it. And now I think the, the government kind of like made it like, okay, we're, we're, we're actually saying that CBD oil is okay for you to buy. And within like the last like month and a half or two months, like everybody is selling CBD oil here in Wisconsin. Like I'm not exaggerating. Every gas station will have signs that like CBD oil sold here. And like the, we have a, a movie store where you can rent like DVDs like right around the block. Like they're selling CBD oil. Because uh, um, now it's not taboo by the government, but it's funny because, like, I could go to a health food store or a, a head shop. Right, I have a there's a head shop right down the street from where I live, and like the health stores, and the head shops have been selling it for years. They're just the only ones that had the balls to do it, and uh, and now like everybody is like, okay, we're gonna sell CBD oil now that the government says it's okay. So yeah, I mean, if you if you uh, if you ever need any CBD oil and you want me to ship it in in a bottle that's
0: not mark, let me know, man. I'm down. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's it. That's a great connection to have. Thanks, thanks, man. That's that's awesome. And um... yeah, but it's not. It's not. Uh,
1: it's it's pretty expensive. It's not cheap. It's like, I mean, every brand is going to be different, but yeah, I'll I'll do that. I don't really care, man. It's. Uh, I feel like people should have access to CBD oil. I've used it before and. Um, when, I, when I've
0: had anxiety and um, it worked so. Yeah, so you've had a good experience with it too, like you've, you, you know it. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. does have benefits. and um, I know like yeah, yeah. After, after looking into it and researching it, um, it looks like that Australia has started um, trials, which is ridiculous because there's so much information, especially in America, of um, cases where it has helped with absolutely everything. So we're, we're actually kind of going in the right direction. But the thing is like yeah, you have to um, have like pretty much be on your deathbed to be qualified to like w- qualified to be in this program where you're in the trial. Like yeah, like yeah, really bad cancer and that sort of thing. So and, and the levels that they're giving it at, like there's so many different like C B D oils, like C B D oil is just like a, a a massive banner for the whole for the whole thing. Like there's different strengths. I think the ones that um, in America that is rarely available on the shelf at the moment, they have um, Really high CBD levels, but the Mm -hmm. THC, the THC is pretty much nothing. Like there's no THC, and that's, and I think that's what um, kind of that's what governments and that sort of thing are uh, are worried about, like the THC levels, because that's the psychoactive part where it kind of knocks you around a bit and and does alter your your kind of consciousness and that sort of thing. But not like there's never been a case of anyone using marijuana or cannabis. (laughs) <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 having any adverse effects like just from that like you're never gonna overdose on 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 this product sort of thing like yeah it's just this right. has been demonized so much by the drug enforcement agencies especially in Australia here but um yeah kind of that's that's like the base level like where it's got good um, CBD but no THC but I've, I've researched it and like kind of using like if you make it yourself you can actually. Um, make a lot better. Like, yeah, I'm not saying that those those products on the on the shelf are definitely like very good for kind of just general sort of like arthritis and and those sort of things. Like just everyday use, they'll give you kind of more energy and just make you feel better overall. But yeah, if you if you like have a stage four cancer, like I'll definitely look into the actual like it's it's like that's CBD. Yeah, what would,
1: could it possibly hurt to try? no It couldn't hurt to try it. I mean, if you got stage four cancer. I mean, some CBD oil, that's like nothing. You might as well try it,
0: you know? Yeah, because the alternatives are like going through chemo, losing your hair, kind of um, losing your appetite, losing weight, like just losing who you are as a person pretty much. But CBD oil helps with all that. Like it gives you your appetite back. It can actually make you um, gain weight if you've lost too much weight and it just makes you feel good overall. Like totally opposite to chemo and, and radiation and those sort of things. But, um, yeah, what I was getting at, like, if you, if you do make it yourself, you can make it from, like, the cannabis plants from the buds. And that actually, like, it's it's been shown, like, yeah, with more THC in it, it might knock you around a bit, but, yeah, the health benefits are so much better. And, like, it, so it's it's sort of like the government is giving a concession to, um, like, marijuana as a, as a plant, cannabis as a plant, to having healing qualities, but they're, they're greatly reducing... Um, how much of it you get and, and the full like benefits from it because they're kind of only choosing plants and suppliers that have high CBD and, and low THC whereas like the high THC is actually a lot more beneficial and a lot stronger for, for people who actually need it with with those sort of cancers So um,
1: yeah yeah. when it comes to like when you're in chemo and you're, you're at that point in cancer the higher THC's are probably better but um a lot of people just have an aversion to marijuana from you know all the propaganda over the years. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're dying, you know what is it going to hurt to try it? You know, I mean, I don't even think you should wait that long. Uh, people just try, just try CBD oil. I mean, I've used it for lower back pain relief and um, relief in my pain in my knees, helping me to get to sleep at night, anxiety. And it works for all of that. Um, And I have a lot of friends who have used CBD oil for various reasons and it works. And there's like like Mitch was saying, um, the stuff you buy at the store has probably almost zero or zero THC in it. So there's no risk of getting high and there's no risk of failing a drug test if that's what you're worrying about. And a lot of these companies do they'll have, like, um, I don't know what you call it. They have, like, a report that you can look up that shows, like, yeah, there's no THC in there. Um, So, if you're worried about a particular brand, a lot of the reputable companies will have a report that they give that shows that there's no THC, if that's what you're worried about. Um, Because I know, even if if marijuana is legal, because it's legal in certain states, um, certain companies won't let you they want you to be on the payroll if you're using marijuana so a lot of people are worried about you know failing a drug test um, so there's that so if, if you want to try CBD oil and you don't want to fail a drug test just go find a company that's reputable that has a report that says that their product has zero THC in it or uh, uh, illegal there's like what they call like a trace amount that's acceptable um, and that, that basically would be considered zero but um if on a nano micro nano level they'll have an acceptable amount that they'll be at so you can check that out for yourself and you know figure out what to do but i i suggest cooking oil uh, cbd oil all that stuff is super good for you
0: yeah absolutely yep yep those those store-bought ones like yeah cbd oil Absolutely safe. Yeah, you'll you'll pass the drug tests every day of the week if you're using just that. But yeah, if you're looking for the strongest stuff, look into making it for yourself. And but there are risks because yeah, here in Australia, like there's kind of the police have mobile drug tests where like they just scrape your tongue. And it, I'm not sure what the what the penalties are. But yeah, if you do fail that like THC shows up, I, I think you can be disqualified from driving. And yeah, most most employees employers at, at in Australia kind of have the drug tests and that sort of thing. So you like you run into the gauntlet a bit with. But, but, like you have to weigh up yeah, whether your health is more important than, than those sort of things like if you're in the position where um like yeah you could, you could be not living compared to living with this sort of thing like yeah, it, it just yeah it right. really depends on your personal circumstances but um definitely everyone should look into it and the store bought one's absolutely safe and um yeah just the best thing to use I think
1: I agree um so just let me know when you need to when you need to skate um
0: yeah, well, yeah, I'm, hold you I'm at work now, so yeah, probably this is probably as far as we can get at the moment. But yeah, it's been it's been great talking with you, and I hope um, yeah I can I can come on again and we'll talk some flat earth, which I, I said last time. But yeah, there's so many other topics to <laughs> to kind of go over before we
1: yeah, yeah, it's great. I'm down to talk about pretty much whatever. So yeah, um, so for everybody listening, this is Mitch from Australia I'm joining me today on the Campfire Conversations with podcast um john has taken a hiatus for a little while um and so i'm gonna be having um, other guest hosts on um so i thought it'd be fun to i've been wanting to get mitch on for a long time anyway so uh john having needed to take a little time off uh kind of put me in a position where i'm like hey let's get some people i wanted to have on anyway so that works out great um so thanks everybody for listening uh, and i'm actually uh simulcasting this on facebook right now so thanks for everybody who's watching uh and please support or share whatever the terminology is for these long to your friends and share uh and help the podcast grow. and thanks mitch for guest hosting with me today i really appreciate it and i had a good talk and i can't wait to do it again
0: yeah same here man it's been great thanks for having me on and i really appreciate it and it's been great talking with you. You've obviously got a lot of knowledge about a lot of things and appreciate the things that you've you talked about and brought up. It's been a great conversation and looking forward to the future, mate.
1: All right, awesome. Yeah, just uh, whenever you get a chance, shoot me the audio and we'll edit it down and I'll put it out probably Friday. Probably in, well, it's Thursday for you, right?
0: Uh, today's Friday for me, so yeah, it, well...
1: Oh, it's, oh, so, it's Friday so, Friday. So. oh yeah, it's Thursday. It's already Thursday yeah. for me too. I'm, I'm a little behind on my calendar. Oh uh, yeah, so it'll be Saturday for you when I put this up, it'll be Friday for Yeah, us.
0: we're in the we're in the future here. I'll tell you what happens tomorrow.
1: Mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, it was good talking to you. Have
0: a good day. Yeah, time. So, see you, mate, everyone. All right. Take see it, you. Dude.